Hi, I'm Matt Quiet, and uh, I'm from Nerds Domain, and you're listening to the Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Awesome. This is Matt Hurt at Obsessive Viewer on Twitter. This is Tiny at Obsessive Tiny on Twitter. This is Mike White at I am Mike White on Twitter. And this is ObsessiveViewer.com's The Obsessive Viewer Podcast. Well, here we are talking about Summer of Sandler Part 5. God damn it. (laughs) No, you don't like that? (laughs) Easy Vader. My Vader, no. Tiny, I can't really hear you that well in my headphones. You son of a bitch. I, know, I can't really... Let me turn you up a little. Yeah, if you could. Is that better? Can you hear me better now? Not really. Mike, can you hear him clearly? Oh, no. Yeah, I can hear him just fine. Okay. Uh, hopefully it's picking up all right. Anyway, so how's it going, guys? <laughs> it's good. Things are good. It's good to be. It's good to be over the Summer of Sandler hump. I, I feel like we're finally getting down to a regular episode kind of... Kind of doing what we used to do. Yeah, it's definitely, man, it's, that was such, such a thing. Such Such a great time. It was a great time, (laughs) except for the stupid audio issues. I think we pulled it off. I mean, as difficult as it was to watch those damn movies most of the time, Mm -hmm. I, I think we got some good content. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I was saying at the end when we were summing up, you know, I was I don't think it deserves that level of analysis, but I'm yeah. really I'm really glad we did it. Like I wanted to clarify, like I I think right. this that's a debate that so many people have. Like right. know, does Sandler suck or was he ever, you know. Right. So I'm glad we did it. Yeah, and it was and it was fun. It was a fun summer project. The recordings were fun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the research not so much. Right. Yeah. And I keep thinking about Mikey mentioning we should do a Kubrick one. <laughs> You being yeah. so excited about doing a Kubrick one, I should say. <laughs> no, but um, making you excited to do one. No, I just know how excited you are. You would be to do one. Oh, uh, that just thrills <laughs> me to no end. Uh-huh. Yeah, but I, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what. I, I did. Sorry, sorry to interject. I did. Oh, uh, you know, we I spent last weekend with my brother. We recorded with my brother last weekend, and uh, so he kind of had me make a list of essentials for shocktober oh nice he, he's got a little more free time than he than he has in the past and so he wanted me to make a list of movies that are kind of the essential shocktober movies and I actually put the shining on it very nice nice yeah. very nice because i think it needs to be seen you know it's not necessarily for me but i i think it's an essential for right. sure and like you said you you like you use it in in class, at least the trailer. The oh yeah, it's a tonal stuff. masterpiece. Oh, yeah. I've I've said that tonal, not total masterpiece. Ah, uh, well, I'll 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 edit it so it sounds like you said total. <laughs> <laughs> How very objective of you, Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I try to be yeah. good brother. I can I can recognize it, and and I think he'll like it. I I think he'll have the same experience I did. I our, our uh parent. Oh, we just lost Mike. Oh, Mike. Connecting. Okay, it just cuts you out completely. You're back now. Mike, ah, something's yeah. going on. You there? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, funny. I think we had the same. He had the same experience I did. Our our parents went on a ski trip one time, and our babysitter let us watch it when we were far too young to be watching it. <laughs> nice, <laughs> classic. Yep, yep, yep. That's awesome. Nice. We'll get more into that in October. Uh, yeah. Which I need to mark down some some. 
idea episode ideas um because i have some in my head but i don't know we'll talk about that we can talk about that off the air but um speaking yeah. of shocktober yeah shocktober in irvington yes plans yeah are we being are made. planning that so hard right now <laughs> We have commitments from uh, John Carpenter and Wes Craven so far. Uh, we're working on some others. That's not true. That's not true. Although if you're in the Indianapolis area, maybe it will be. So come to come to it. Um, yeah, and I keep I keep mentioning this. I, we have shocktoberinervington.com. We have that domain. I can't figure out how to point it to the Shocktober and Irvington page, so it just takes you to Obsessive Viewer, but there is a tab with all the necessary information, and there's links to the Facebook page and all that stuff. Um but yeah, it's in. It's going to be at the Irving Theater on October seventeenth. Doors will be open at six p.m. But we're talking about getting a deal with a Black Acre Brewery in Irvington to have like a have a, a happy hour special before before the event. Uh, so just follow us on Facebook and and we'll keep you abreast of all the details and everything. And if you and if you're listening to this and happen to know someone in the area who has a has a short film. That they would like us to screen, uh, let us know because we're still looking for a couple more to fill out the roster. But they are going to go very quickly, so let me know. Let us know um, as soon as you can. Yeah, should be awesome. Um, oh, that yeah. that kind of leads me to something I wanted to say. Um, our good friends at Hoy Poloi were on the show a little while ago. Listeners might remember, mm-hmm. and they unfortunately were not able to get their horror short done for this project but i did want to say that uh yesterday they released their 30 minute special that they were talking about appalachian vice and uh yours truly actually has a cameo nice in the in the shorts so it's really really hilarious they it's it you know it's a feature or a, it's an episode length feature uh and then they have you know parody commercials and and uh joke commercials so Check it out. You can find them at Hoi Polloi Vids. Uh, you can find them on Facebook, YouTube, any any of those, any of the regular places. It's really, really funny. Awesome. And all the links will be in the show notes, as always, uh, and on the lyrics section of the of the audio file. So and and on that note, more, more announcements. I apologize. <laughs> this fine. is not so much music related, but uh, one of the guys from Hoi Polloi is actually one of my oldest friends. We've been buddies since we were twelve, and uh, and we just started a new musical project called As Good as It Gets. Yes. Um, and we'll be we'll be rolling stuff out soon. We actually we actually have about ten songs recorded, and we're kind of just sitting on them, waiting waiting for excitement to build. We've got a we've got a pretty cool announcement coming out in about a week. So. Sweet. Um, look and forward to that. It's going to be all Jack Nicholson based uh, songs, right? <laughs> Us Kubrick. <laughs> nice. Actually, nice, nice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's exciting. I'm, I like, uh, and I, I've probably told this before on the podcast, but uh, you were in a band called Thank You Jade when I met you freshman year of college, and like I knew you were in a band. Like we we talked over AIM or something. Uh, before the school year and then i listened to the music and i was like i'm so happy that i actually really like this music because i would made for a really <laughs> yeah, awkward, awkward year but yeah and it's it's great so i'm i'm obviously just really excited anytime you have any kind of musical things in, in well, thanks the, man I'm glad. in the work so i'm excited for this and yeah it's, of a, it's a funny thing to talk about because you know you say I'm a teacher now and, and I do this podcast and those right. are, those are kind of my jobs. But you say, Oh, I used to be in a band and people are like, oh, okay, that's cool. Whatever. <laughs> uh, but we, we actually did some stuff. We were on the radio several times oh, yeah. and, and so we, we kind of did some big things. Um, oh yeah. 
So we were uh, tuning my own horn. I think we were pretty good. <laughs> and I think this new stuff's going to be pretty good too. Sweet. Cool. Can't wait. Can't wait. Yeah. Of course, cool. links in the show notes, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so this week on the podcast, uh, you referenced, you referenced it's one of your jobs. So let's, let's get to work shooting the breeze. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so this week on the podcast, since we're coming off of Summer Sandler, um, and that actually closed the book on our summer season, if we're even really counting seasons anymore in the, in the tags for the episodes. I count seasons, but we don't really have season finales or anything. But this is pretty much the start of our fall. Um, and since we're kind of coming off of Summer Sandler and this big project, we're just going to do an extended potpourri for you guys since we haven't really had a chance to really do a proper potpourri uh, recently. Uh, and whenever we do, I kind of seem to just think at the last minute that of something that I wanted to bring up and then completely forgot about. <laughs> so, so who wants to get us kicked off on, on this extended potpourri? Uh, well, one thing I think we can talk about, we all saw, um, as above, so below, right? Yeah, we did. You, you don't say that with much excitement, Matt. Uh, you know, and <laughs> I'm going to sound like such a downer, As I have been lately, because I've been down on so many movies lately. You can just yeah, you need to see a good movie. Yeah, it's it's as evidenced. So uh, I can't do that anyway. (laughs) As evidenced by the summer wrap up episode we did, but I don't know. As above, so below just did nothing for me, and I fully one hundred percent admit that it may have been my um, circumstance with seeing it because. It was a Saturday night, kind of a late showing. Um, it was a day after I spent all day helping my girlfriend move. And uh, and there were people like three rows behind us. Tiny can attest to this because he was there talking the entire movie. Like the most uh, – not not anything – not anything – pertinent or anything it was just in or or even reactionary it was mostly reactionary but it was like the worst kind of reactionary it was like oh he said that or oh it's gonna be her dad or oh that's thing don't go down there just that kind of stuff just throughout the entire movie like yeah if you were to play back this entire section where me talking, that's pretty much the level to which they were talking throughout the movie. Uh, um, and sometimes that sucks. Sometimes it enhances the experience. Did I, did I, when we talked about theater experiences <laughs> episode, did I talk about my Friday the 13th experience? I don't think so, but you, you mentioned it last night or last week before. I we, did. After so you we mind if I, you guys mind if I share? Oh, Please. go right ahead. It's all, it's awesome. <laughs> Please. Uh, so I remember the date. Uh, I'm good at dates, but I also remember the date because it was a Friday the 13th because of the movie was Friday the 13th, 2009, the remake. Um, and so I, we decided to see this movie at like an eight o'clock or a seven 30 on a Friday, which I will never do again for a movie that is that important to me. <laughs> and so it was, you know, the usual things, the texting, the, the answering phone calls, the talking, the walking around. It was, right. it was crazy. But, uh, there, there was one awesome moment in the movie, and I, I will never forget this. And it actually made the experience. Uh, <laughs> so there's the scene, kind of as the action starts to ramp up a little bit. So Jason kind of tomahawk throws a, a, an axe at this guy, hits the guy in the back with the axe. The guy falls in a stump, and then it cuts, just cuts immediately. Scene cut to Jason standing on a roof. 
Okay. <laughs> it's, it's very non sequitur. It's very strange. Uh, and so this happens. And at this time in the movie, when the action starts to ramp up, people are actually behaving themselves quite well. So it's kind of quiet. In fact, uh, when Jason throws the axe and kills the guy, it's, it's almost somber because he was, he was kind of a favorite character. So, um, it's dead quiet in the theater. There's a couple of kids up at the back and they've kind of been talking the whole time. So Jason is standing there. He throws his axe, hits the guy at the back. Uh, the guy falls, stumps over the, or slumps over the stump. Cut to Jason is standing on the roof and the guy in the back of the theater stands up and goes, how the f- he get up there? <laughs> And the thing is, like, we were all thinking, how the f*** did he get up there? <laughs> it's like nobody was mad at this guy because it's like, that's a good question. That's so great. That yeah. that, that reminds me of the uh, Key and Peele sketch where they're in <laughs> – they show, like, uh, like Key and Peele are in the theater and they're, it's, it's a play on kind of the stereotypical, like, talking during the theater. Um, and, and they're talking – during the movie, but they're all saying, they're saying like, uh, things pertinent to the movie. They're saying like, uh, why, why would you go into a tracking shot in this scene or what, or something? <laughs> yeah. And there's, there was one thing that was like, uh, uh, oh yeah, big scare there. That's, I haven't seen that since Nosferatu. And, and, uh, <laughs> there was awesome. one so, other one that so was so almost real, like oh, yeah. chit chatting during movies with snobbery. Yeah. And then, and then the end of the sketch is the, there's these, there's this couple in front of them. And then like the girl's like, why will you say something? And he's like, uh, and he's like, he's like, well, they're making good points. <laughs> so it's, it's, re- it's really funny. It's a really funny sketch. I might, if I saw on YouTube, I'll throw it in the show notes, but it's, you know, Talking during movies is just like I made the remark to uh, my coworker who I actually referenced last uh, in the last Sandler episode. Uh, my coworker Mike, I was telling him about that, and then I made the remark that you know if you talk during a movie, if you are obnoxious and talk during a movie and and interrupt the viewing experience for someone on a continuous basis throughout the entire thing. I know you enough to die. I I know enough about you to form an opinion. I don't need to know <laughs> anything more about you. Um, cause you're just an ass. Um, yeah. And, and like, I, and, and I mean, I, like, I was thinking during the movie the entire time, cause, and we'll get to actually talking about the movie here in a minute, but I was thinking about, I was thinking during the movie, like, I was thinking like, what, what would I do? Like, what could I, like, I wish that there was like a button or something that I could press that would just tase the out of them <laughs> and just ah it just it annoyed me so much but but the movie itself i mean like i said i was really tired from a, a long day and then as soon as it started and the funny thing is that i was the one that was excited to see this tiny didn't even really want to see it that yeah. much so as it started i realized I, I remembered that it was found footage now i've been a proponent of the found footage format for many years <laughs> for far too long <laughs> And I had a surprising like reaction when I noticed it was found footage. It was just, uh, it's found footage. And I just was it like, just me or was it was it shakier than usual? Am I getting old or or did you guys get nauseous a little bit at the beginning? I I think it was the setting because okay, it, it was a um a confining setting. I think this is what is what amplified it. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah. Also, you're old. <laughs> there is that. Yeah, uh, I was too busy trying to figure out how to tase these bitches behind me so <laughs> i uh i and that's the thing i was just so unaffected by it because i was just 
I don't. I was just in such a weird mood. I was not in the proper mood to watch this movie, and it just because of that, the entire movie was just completely ruined for me. The entire experience was just. I was unaffected by the entire movie. I couldn't get into the story. I couldn't get into the characters or anything. Um, I will say the scene with the bones where the guys got where the guys stuck was the one scene that was effective on me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I I would say even if you were in a good mood, it wouldn't have helped you all that much. Yeah. What were your thoughts on the movie, Mike? Uh, kind of similar. Well, not really similar. I wasn't really. I didn't have a group of people behind me talking. Right. But uh, I felt like the first forty-five minutes was super exposition heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, it kind of felt like National Treasure or a, a, one of the Dan Brown movies or something yeah. like that. But uh, the last. 45 minutes or so I thought was pretty effective there it's it's hard to scare me I think I've said that a hundred times on this show before um so really it takes effective images to get some kind of emotion out of me and there were a few effective images I thought I won't spoil them it's a little too early to spoil them Uh, but like you said the point where he was crawling through the bones um was very claustrophobic and very very effective it 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 worked on me I, I find I found myself being scared watching the movie in a way that I uh, had never been before, in a new way, really. And so some of it was interesting. Uh, the end of the movie f- left me feeling like I'll never see that movie again, but uh, I-, I wasn't angry that I did. Yeah. Okay, nice. My, or Tiny? Yeah, they, uh, in, in that scene where he's crawling through the bones, I think they, they just captured the terror really well. Um, mm-hmm. The guy didn't overact, which is kind of a staple of horror sometimes. Um, so the guy didn't overact and it just, it, you could feel the pressure. Um, mm-hmm. I, so yeah, that was kind of the highlight of the movie for me as well. Um, the people talking kind of enhanced. I like, I, at, by, at one point I was paying closer attention to the people talking <laughs> than I was the movie, just how they were rea- reacting. At, at one point there, there's a phone ringing mm-hmm. and it's just like, it, it, like I was, I was like counting in my head how many stereotypes they were hitting like <laughs> for this one scene. So it, it kind of made it better for me. I, it's, it's funny. Matt said, I, I didn't really want to see the movie, but I think I ended up having a better time with it than he did. Um, and I, um, I, I really appreciated the mythology of it. I thought it was kind of a fun thing. Um, you know, sort of a Dante's Inferno kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. the whole, you know, uh, polar opposites thing as above so below um yeah i thought i thought that was kind of a cool concept um and i i could feel that but they it wasn't really effectively scary for me that much um and i am not a fan of caves either so like i don't i i don't like going in them or anything i'll do it it's not like an irrational fear but i'm just not a fan of being in them um and so i i felt it a little bit but they didn't i don't think they really focused on that in the movie, so I don't know if we were really supposed to feel it that much. Right. I'll give movie. them also that they didn't make any noticeable plot mistakes that B-movies, B-horror movies of that caliber are want to do. I thought it was well done. Uh, may- maybe sure. not in terms of the scares, and we've kind of said that before, but in terms of plot, it, it was pretty airtight. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it was... It was just something... I can't really speak to speak to it that much. Um, just cause I, I feel like I didn't even really watch the movie, so I'll shut up now. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're pulling a Sandler here and giving it too much time. Yeah. 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 So wait for part two. Of, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what I got is what I saw last night though, guys. Uh, I got to see for the second time in theaters, Ghostbusters. Nice. Very nice. Yeah. It was awesome. 
Uh, and Matt, you you got to see it with me the first time, right? I did, yes. And that was the first movie you saw with your now wife. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she went last night, uh, passed the tests again. She goes, Sweet. I forgot how funny that movie was. Yeah. And she goes, Bill Murray with those one-liners. And I was like, exactly. <laughs> Thanks for the invite, by the way. That's cool. I thought that that was our thing as, a th- <laughs> as three of us, but whatever. Yeah. That's cool. You you thought about <laughs> making the three-hour trek? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> is it not playing up by you guys? It is. It it, is or, yeah. yeah, it is. Gotcha, um, gotcha. It was cool. It was not as fun. When you and I saw it three years ago, it was a one night only, and it was kind of an event. Oh, yeah. Um, and it was and so it was a. Too. What's that? It was packed, too, wasn't it? Oh, it was a full house. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, and last night, uh, there was, if I include me, my wife, and Jake, if I include the three of us, there were... Three people in the theater. Oh, wow. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. Really? But, but it was playing for a week, and this mm-hmm. was on a Wednesday night. Mm-hmm. That's still pretty cool, though. It was just the three of you. It was cool. We were all pretty super tired. It was kind of late for people that wake up at five in the morning, but right. uh, it was a blast. I mean, I, I enjoyed every bit of it from beginning to end. Awesome. Yeah. I, I love one of my favorite things about 80s comedies is that you can still, even now, as as a uh, close to thirty year old man, I can go back and see those movies and be surprised by things. Th- things that you know, I thought I've seen the movie enough times to to not miss anything. But like, I was looking at the magazines last night and the like the Newsweek covers, and uh, you know when when they're there's the montage of them kind of coming up, and it says uh, something about do ghosts have civil rights or something like that. And I laughed pretty loud at that. that was <laughs> That's funny. pretty good. Nice. Cool. Yeah. So I loved it just as much as I always have. Sweet. So, Tiny, what have you been watching lately? I just wanted to bring up two things real quick. Well, one of them is real quick. Um, Falling Skies recently ended. Um, The season, well, the fourth season ended. Mm -hmm. And I just, I have high hopes for that show. And unfortunately, it's just not going to ever meet them. Really? Um, I wanted it to be a really good show, but it, it, it had one really good season. So. Um, wow. this season they just, they, they had a great potential storyline about like a, a hybrid human, hybrid a- alien, mm-hmm. uh, being that was just completely dropped and just a, a squandered story. So, huh. um, I don't know. I, I really want to like, uh, uh, what's his name? Noah Wiley? Noah Wiley, thank yeah. you. Uh, Dr. Carter from, right. <laughs> from ER. Uh, I really want to like him and, and, and I do most of the time. It's just, I don't know. It's, huh. I wish, I wish he could get on some better stuff. You know, so. over the years, you start, you watched that show from the beginning, didn't watched you? Watched it from the beginning. Yeah. And yeah. that's, it's so funny to me because we talk a lot about TV shows and, mm-hmm. and movies we watch, just part of the reason we started the podcast. So it's funny to me because I hardly ever hear you talk about Falling yeah. Skies. And it was because you don't watch it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's still like, I mean, I understand that, but it's mm-hmm. just so, like, I saw, Somewhere that it was that it was airing, and I was like, "Oh, I didn't even know that it was even on the air right now." Yeah. And it's just it's funny to me because, like, I'll talk to you about that you don't watch yeah. <laughs> all the time, and it's not like you're bothered by it or that you're annoyed by it no. or that you're giving me just really mean looks right now. <laughs> but um, but it's just it's just funny to me that it's it's seems like a, a movie or a show that's not really. It's surprising that you still watch it. Judging yeah. from what little I've heard from you about it, right? And the the reason, large reason, is because I think my both my parents watch it. Oh, okay, and so we also talk about it a lot, and so I think that's sure. why I don't I don't force it on you. <laughs> that makes sense. So, and plus, it's just it's not really 
too noteworthy of a show. Right. Uh, the second, like I said, the second season was actually quite good, but it's it it has not okay. uh, it has not kept that momentum. So thankfully, next season is the last season. Hopefully, they can they can okay. pull out some good stuff for that. So, huh. uh, and then uh, just kind of quickly, I wanted to talk about a documentary I watched. Nerd. Um, I'm yeah, sorry. Well, but, yeah. Uh, it's called Particle Fever. And it's uh, it was really cool. It was kind of like an all access um, camera crew to the basically the discovery of the God particle. Oh, um, the Higgs boson. The Higgs boson at, at the uh, cool. Large Hadron Collider. Yeah, if you let me say it. Um, Sorry. <laughs> yeah, at uh, at CERN, which is in Sweden. Is it Sweden? Yeah, I think. Is it Switzerland? Sweden. It's one of those. Europe. And, Not uh, America. <laughs> Europe. <laughs> and uh, it's it it was um. I was I had a high hopes for it just because you know they filmed the discovery of the god particle mm-hmm. so I was like dude this is going to be freaking amazing yeah um it was actually just okay really I, I was a little bit let down by it hmm. um the, it, it was interesting to see how these one of the most interesting things about that experiment is mm-hmm. how international it is excuse me um I think there's some there's scientists there from over a hundred different countries which is just really amazing that you know something so it's it's the largest experiment ever conducted. It's mm-hmm. the hardest experiment ever conducted. Um, it's just great that there's so many pieces of our species involved with it, um, and that's that's just a cool thing that they focused on. Um, and they they kind of showed how some of these scientists live. Um, being a part of the experiment is it's literally like a lifestyle. Oh, being wow. a part of it, it's just really cool. Um, huh. And just they they, they demonstrated well. The, the scale of it and how just one tiny little mistake can just set back the entire thing for months and yeah. months. Like there was just a tiny bolt missing on one of the magnets and they had to shut down for months to clean everything and get yeah. everything working. It was just, it was a, uh, it was pretty, it was pretty incredible to see, but I, I was just slightly let down by the, the sentiment around it, okay. I guess. Um, hmm. It was, but but I still recommend seeing it just because it's such a monumental moment in yeah. human history. Um, so it's, it, I don't know, I, I I just have a small qualm with it, really. Okay. So you guys might have a different experience if you see it. What was so. it called again? It's called Particle Fever. It is on Netflix instead. Okay, so. sweet. Yeah, the whole th- as a small tangent, uh, the whole thing about um, one small setback and set it back for months. They before they like started like the final phase of testing, I guess. Um, there was just a couple things that kept going going wrong and everything, mm-hmm. and as a joke, um, the a couple scientists like published a paper like positing the theory that the reason that these things were happening was because the finding the Higgs the Higgs boson would would cause a ripple effect that would that would destroy the universe, mm-hmm. and that this was the universe preventing itself from happening. And I just love, as a fan of time travel, I love that there's they have that good humor to yeah. to post that. I, obviously, it's it's not <laughs> obviously it was just as a joke, but yeah, it was just it was cool to see that kind of level of thing, and it made people it made at least me a little bit more interested in it. And it's a cool way to um, um, bring this kind this level of uh, it's hyper science the wibbly wobbly stuff <laughs> and to bring that <laughs> to bring that nerd yeah, to bring that to like they, they with that paper they were able to bring that to a little bit more of a broader audience yeah still nerds but still yeah and it, they they it's are it's 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 really great how how 
big of a sense of humor they have because like they, they would all, of course you know a big part of science is presenting your data mm-hmm. and so they had they had this meeting and uh this guy put up a picture of one of the just one section of the thing and it's it's five stories tall yeah that's how tall it is to collect this antimatter uh he's like okay so here uh here's the collection area this actually this is the spare uh the other one is on the <laughs> other side like it's just it's that's great that good. they have such a good sense of humor about it yeah. um, and I i didn't realize how how significant the discovery was to science, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of a weird sentence. But uh, <laughs> basically the way that they, they they ran the experiment, which was essentially a matter of seconds long, mm-hmm. but what what's so hard about it is they had to sort through all this data, right. um, and it took months and months and months, and then they presented their data to see if they actually found the Higgs boson. Mm-hmm. And the way they found that is by measuring its weight. And so if it weighed... I think it was if it weighed too little, it would actually disprove physics. Wow. Like all all the physics that we've discovered as a <laughs> as a species would be disproved by it. Jesus. It was really interesting. And if it was too heavy, it would mean I can't remember what it would mean cuz I mean there's just so much information We're all going to die pretty much. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Um but it was it, I just didn't realize how significant it was and thankfully yeah. it was like right in the middle nice <laughs> so like every single question that we have is still not answered at all <laughs> um, of course yeah. they discovered a lot of things you know I'm right. not saying it's an insignificant thing but oh, um, yeah. it's uh it was just it was just funny like they were like well if it weighs like 25 <laughs> you know, it, was, it was pretty so I nice. definitely check it out yeah sweet um I want to bring it up if you guys don't mind um, please couple of movies that i watched I'll, I'll start with this one i referenced it in at the end of sandler forum it may have been it may have been part of a uh, our post show talking but i i watched a movie called uh they came together which uh is from david wayne who did uh, uh, which is a very difficult thing to do <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly where my mind uh, went when matt first told me you know, about it it's funny yeah. because the premise of the movie is it's it's directed by david wayne who did wet hot american summer which admittedly is a gap movie of mine i still need to see there we go <laughs> there's your gap movie nice very good um, <laughs> yeah i've seen it you have yeah oh sweet okay we got a awesome movie, good movie awesome i i did try to watch it one time when it was on netflix i don't think it's on netflix anymore but I tried to watch it, but the volume was really low. Hmm. Um, and even if I, I had it in like my surround sound up to the max and I could barely hear it. Sometimes that happens with my Netflix as well. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, so anyway, so they came together as his latest movie. Uh, and it's funny because the premise of the movie leads you to think that it would be that, that kind of dirty, meaning behind the, behind the title. I don't know. What, what do you, what do you mean? Uh, well, when, <sighs> Colloquially, when a man saying and a woman love coming, each other, yeah, it's oh, it's you know, <laughs> I'm podcast to... went blue Stop. somewhere a couple months ago. Ejaculation. <laughs> Stop. Um, <laughs> Stop. Anyway, I was joking. Um, <laughs> oh God. Anyway, um, so but the title of the movie is a reference to it. It's a line in in the movie. Uh, I won't give it away or anything, but it's 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 the whole idea behind the movie. Like I have not made any secret of my of my love for rom-coms it's a guilty pleasure genre of mine um but i i just love i love those kinds of movies even horrible ones well uh um failure to launch is is horrible and so is leap year those are both just terrible movies that are irredeemably bad but for the most part the rom-com genre is something that i like um so they came together is a parody of these 
of these kinds of movies. And it's really, really funny. It stars Paul Rudd and Amy Poehler as the two, uh, uh, the couple in the movie. And it's basically they're at dinner with, uh, Bill Hader and, um, Ellie Kemper. Uh, and they're, they're basically going through the story of how they met and became an item. And it's like, they, they're like, yeah, it sounds like it it could be a good, a good, uh, uh, romantic comedy movie. And like, so it's self-referential that way. And it's meta that way. And it's just, it hits so many points. It hits, it hits all the major points of a formulaic romantic comedy, but it does so with such a ton, tongue in cheek, uh, meta humor. It's, it's really, it's really well done. It's, I can't speak really that highly enough about it. So I think everyone should seek it out and see it if they're into that kind of movie. Um, there's a really good, <laughs> there's a several really good gags, um, that are just, it's, I can't say anything without giving stuff away. So I'll shut up and just tell you guys to watch it. Cause it's really funny. Cool. And the cast is amazing. I love the, I love that, that whole crew, the David Wayne mm-hmm. crew. I love yeah, their style. Sure. Oh, Did yeah. you guys see Wanderlust? Yeah. Yes. That was really funny. Yeah. It's a great movie. Oh yeah. Have you seen the outtakes of Paul Rudd in the mirror? Oh yeah. yeah it's <laughs> so funny. Put my dick in it. <laughs> my dick. My, my, my dick. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> uh, so awesome. Yeah. But the other movie that I want to talk about that I, I think we're going to have a lively discussion about, I don't think Tiny's seen it yet. I watched it last night specifically for this episode because I know Mike has seen it, but A Million Ooh, Ways... I'm excited. Yeah. A Million Ways to Die in the West. Oh, oh. no, no, I'm not excited. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I... This is the first movie I watched after we wrapped up our Sandler, like actual like recording our Sandler episode and and releasing it and everything so i was like okay well i'm gonna get i'm gonna go with a comedy that's i'm gonna cleanse my palate of sandler with a comedy that 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 was good what what that is your thinking here i that was my thought process going into it i knew that it wasn't going to be that good but i thought okay well it's at least going to be a step up from sandler it's, oh, didn't I tell you otherwise i you did and i mean i should have trusted you but i thought you know ted was okay um but man, man this movie was maybe a smidge above a Sandler comedy. It's hmm. okay. Let's 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 be careful here. Mm-hmm. It is better than Jack and Jill. Mm-hmm. It's better than That's My Boy. It's better than Grown Ups Two. So I have and a theory that, about Seth MacFarlane. <laughs> <laughs> Do what? Joking. I was like, I'm, I have a I have a theory about Seth MacFarlane in this movie. Oh, shut up! <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. No, this. I have lots of theories. About that, <laughs> it, it, you know, it's, it's, it, it was just not funny. It was, not only was it not funny, but it really pointed out to me the, the Seth MacFarlane brand of comedy. Like he, like the movie is set in the old West, and it's, it's more about him pointing out pointing out why the wild west was a horrible time period and all that and it's it's yeah he called it a time travel movie without the time travel yeah and that was very confusing for me even in the movie yeah it it, i i completely forgot that he said that um i think we call that a period piece right (laughs) and it was so it was well no his point is that he this character almost feels out of time and gotcha. yeah, and he plays it that way, and it's so, it it was so random to me. Like why, like why? Okay, so he's a cow, 
Oh, we just lost my... Okay. I'm back. Okay. So it it was just like, he's... uh, Okay, he's a coward. All right. He's justifying his cowardice by pointing out why this time period is horrible, but it's more like... It felt more like Seth MacFarlane was just sitting there telling us... uh, He's pitching us a movie about why it would be funny to make a movie about the Wild West instead of having a movie... It, It took me out of the movie that the character was so out of time, and it was so stupid, too. Hmm. Yeah, um, there were a few jokes. I can't remember them. Uh, I'll tell you. I thought was kind of funny was when he when he talks about why people never smile in pictures. Yeah, that that, that was, was kind of funny. That was a running gag that I, I actually appreciated. That I thought that was pretty funny. That the worst and- thing, <laughs> and we've we said this before mm-hmm. was the spoiled uh uh cameo. I'll just say it. Back to the future yeah. reference. Yeah. Because it, was- it was spoiled in the trailers. You know. And I think the only reason I would have liked it in the movie is if it was a surprise because it was so out of place. So yes, so just it was it was it was like Seth MacFarlane is is known to do. He just makes a standalone reference and he it's like he's it's like he's borrowing the um, the acclaim or respect of the thing he's referencing and then piggybacking off of it because mm-hmm. like people yeah, love back well to the future yeah people love back to the future they're gonna see doc brown and the delorean and they're gonna think oh this is good because they have that in this movie and it's just it's you just explained family guy it, exactly mm-hmm. and family guy didn't start that way family guy was respectable in in the beginning but then it got to this point where they stopped making references and started making parodies of of these things like yeah like I just saw an episode today where the the I forget which episode it is, but there's a cutaway where it's literally Peter reenacting the beginning of Back to the Future, and the punchline of it is that he turns to the camera or whatever, and says and and sings the last bit of Power of Love, and I'm like, this is not a punchline, this is not a joke, this is filler for for the episode, and yeah, it's a shame that Seth MacFarlane has reappropriated that brand of of writing and stuff into his movie making whatever. <laughs> um, they nailed the trailer. The trailers made it look great. It did. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It really Which did. I think, I think Mike mentioned that last time. Yep. Yeah. So yeah. it's, it's trailers made me see the movie. I'm still going to yeah. see it. Yeah. I, uh, eh, good luck. I've always wanted <laughs> to see Liam Neeson in like a really, like a big comedy. Yeah. Oh, well, okay. Yeah. Uh, not a spoiler or anything. Careful but there. He's not in it that much. Really. And that's one of the problems that I had with the movie also. I may write a full review for the website. I'm not sure. But structurally, it was nonsense. Like, mm-hmm. it's about maybe 50 minutes into the movie where – 50 minutes into an hour and 55-minute movie – where they introduce like the big like plot of the episode of the of the movie in uh-huh. 50 minutes and then about an hour and 18 minutes is where that is concluded and then for hour 18 to hour 55 is this secondary plot line that wasn't adequately set up it's structurally it's just a mess to me i was like it 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 didn't hold my attention because mm-hmm. it didn't flow in an, in a uh, competent way, I just—it's certainly on the list, and it might be my worst movie of the year. Yeah, I can by the see time that. the year's over, and I, and I'll tell you, here's my Amanda reference for mm-hmm. the week. Um, she gave Tammy a pass 
mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. gave what else? She gave something else a pass, but she did not like this movie. Wow. Wow. Huh. Yeah. I guess I can't see it then. <laughs> and so I also love when Liam Neeson uses his native Irish accent, um, like in the trailer, yeah. and he's just like, someone in this town is going to die. Like, <laughs> yeah. I just, oh, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> there's kind of a, and there's a cameo in that scene that it's really random, <laughs> but I was just like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Um, so yeah, then yeah, uh, Mike. What else you got? Kind of uh, the we way. went to Horror Hound last weekend. We did, yes. Uh, that was went, fun. It was fun. It was- Herschel charged me twenty dollars <laughs> to record a message to my students. Okay, oh. uh, let me clarify this. Scott Wilson didn't charge you for it. His handler no, did. His handler. And well, that was hilarious. He looked at his handler mm-hmm. for guidance. Yeah. It was. He seemed. He seemed like he seemed really friendly and really happy to be there and really like excited about it and everything. Um, so I get the sense of like if you saw him in like the hallway or something and asked him, I feel like he would have obliged you without charging you. But yeah, it was just so funny to see. Like in those settings, I, I like conventions and everything, but it's just funny to see how much of a of a cash grab it is for them. Because oh, mm-hmm. um, yeah. it was funny that you could see the wheels turning in his handler's head, like. Uh, 20 bucks 20 bucks yeah and it was just like and i'm right. kicking myself because i didn't realize until like yesterday was i texted you yeah uh that he was kind of the the old timer in behind the mask the rise of leslie vernon yeah i i'm <laughs> i want i wanted to mention that to you because yeah, I, I don't know what i was thinking because i could have got him to sign something mm-hmm. and then maybe do the video for free so i got a little bit out of it because right. i you know i've said on the podcast before i'm not a walking dead fan that was purely for right. my students yeah and the funny thing about my horror hunt experience was that i'm not really a well i i'm a zombie fan i'm not a walking dead fan the show it has its peaks and valleys it has many more valleys than it has peaks and i'm really only watching it now because um i love greg greg, uh, greg nicotero's work um but in 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 the in the, whoa there was a big echo there but i got um a, a blu-ray signed from scott wilson i got a blu-ray signed for season three of walking dead which we're actually going to give away at shocktober in irvington um which links in the show notes please come to it um <laughs> it's our first like big event that we're doing and it's it's going to be a blast so don't miss out on it but anyway um and i got a picture taken with him and it's funny because i was wearing my obsessive viewer shirt and i posted this on the facebook page but the hand the like his assistant or handler or whatever you want to call her she took three pictures on my phone because i at first had the blu-ray to my side and then i was like i'm you know what i'm gonna put the blu-ray in the in the picture and then the second picture was like I, I felt like it was obscuring the obsessive viewer logo and I was like, No, <laughs> no, I wanna have my logo on the in the picture. So I lowered the lowered the Blu-ray down a little bit and that's the one that I put in the thing. But there's like two there's three pictures on my phone that's just the process of me wanting to get my brand out there. <laughs> um and it's funny. I think someone commented on it. They said, "Like Scott Wilson looks way happier than you do." <laughs> yeah, my uh-huh. friend Molly Molly mentioned that, and I was like, "Yeah," and and it's because I'm not really that big a fan. I, <laughs> I mean, he seemed really friendly, and he was like, like he was he was really nice and everything. But I'm just like, man, I like your. There was a big moment with him in in this season that is one of my favorite moments in the comics. That I'll say that, but. um but anyway, yeah, I, I didn't even like him on the show. 
You know, I thought he did a good. I thought he was a good Herschel. I I really did. I like him a lot. Yeah. Uh, I just hate the show so much. Uh, The award for sweetest uh, convention guest of all time. Scout Taylor Compton. She was awesome. I didn't even talk to her. I was just I was just watching you talk to her. Dropping eaves all over our conversation. (laughs) (laughs) So I was super excited because the big. Uh, oh, I guess the feature guest was the guy from Hannibal. That was kind of weird. And then the yeah. and then the Walking Dead folk. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the kind of they always have like a reunion type of thing, and they do a panel. The big one was Rob Zombie's Halloween this year. Uh, Rob Zombie was not there. That would have been amazing if he was. Oh yeah. But uh, so they had the, the obviously the actors from um, Rob Zombie's Halloween, and they had um, Tyler Maine who is the giant Michael Myers from both the Halloween movies. They had mm-hmm. Dag Farch, who is the kid. And they had uh, Christina Klebe, who is uh, Linda in the movie. And then they also had um, Scott Taylor Compton, who plays Laurie from the movie. Uh, and they also had Dee Wallace, oh, which, yeah. was, which was pretty cool for me. I didn't even think about it at first. I was like, oh, yeah, she's Laurie's mom. Oh, she was in E.T. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and But anyway, so I got... The I stood in line for a long time for Scott Taylor Compton and, yeah. and got up and, and talked to her for a long time. It was kind of cool. She didn't even realize that I wanted something signed because <laughs> our conversation was just so in-depth and amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so uh, anyway, I brought up to her a theory that I have. I felt like such a big dork. And uh, it was funny sorry, to cut in really quickly. You said in, in, while we were in line, you were like, would it be too, would it be too nerdy to bring this up to her? And yeah. Like, and then I go, what I, I go, oh, go ahead. What were you going to say? Uh, I was like, and it's, you're not going to see her again, probably. So it's not, <laughs> you know, go ahead, go, go nuts. And now they're engaged. <laughs> Who said, somebody said, well, it's not like you're asking her out on a date. And yeah. I was like, I'd rather ask her out on a date. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then I made the joke to, I think I made the joke to Tiny about that when we were, when we were going over to Kevin's last weekend. I was like, and in that moment, I was just like, F- you. Because <laughs> it's so hard for me to ask a girl. Like, I'm, it's a wonder that I even got my girlfriend. But, oh, but you're a ladies' man now. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So anyway, anyway. enough about you. Back to scouting me. <laughs> uh, uh, speaking of ladies, man. Uh, yeah, right. So oh, anyway, I'm married. I love my wife. Um, I'm lost. So anyway, so uh, so Scout Taylor Compton, right? And so I have this theory about Halloween too. So I walked up to her, and it was finally my turn. I said, uh, "Do you mind if I ask you an incredibly nerdy question here? I'm, I guess I'm kind of going to show my horror nerd hand." And she's like, "Yeah, of course." I mean, what was she really going to say? Right. So I said to her uh, that I believe, and I'm not the only one that believes, there are people on the internet that believe that in the original script for Halloween 2, 2009 Halloween 2, um, she, her character, Lori, is doing all the killings in the movie. And that the end, with the juxtaposition of the two of them and that their blood, um, their family is, is kind of the point of the whole thing that no matter how hard she tries, she can't escape the fact that their family. Um, and there are a lot of kind of symbols and nods to the fact that she might be doing some of the killings, um, cut to after the movie came out, 
Rob Zombie has said on record several, several times that he would not do a third one. And they asked why. And he said, well, I'm not going to tell you why, because uh, you wouldn't believe me if I told you. So I wonder if there was some production company issues that, that kind of said, we will not have our survivor girl be the killer in this movie. And I, and so Scout said, no, she said she hadn't heard that. She said it would be awesome if that were the case, but uh, she said she hadn't heard it. So, but I still believe it. I, I don't know. You know, who's to say right. she, she can't know? Hmm. Yeah, and that's that's interesting. Tiny, what do you make of that? I was unable to go to Horror Hound. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I I watched Halloween two, the the zombie one, Rob Zombie one. Mm-hmm. Uh, Is there any? Do you find any merit in my argument? Uh, I was gonna say I don't remember the movie. <laughs> um, as much as I love Zombies' first Halloween movie, mm-hmm. I can't really remember the sequel that well. Um, I might have to watch it this October, and, yeah. and say, I'll get back to you, Mike. You know, I I was gonna say I would say that it's relatively forgettable, uh, except the dream sequence at the beginning is incredibly well done. Yeah, where isn't that where they pretty much uh, mimic the original Halloween too? It's Halloween 2 in like 10 minutes. Right, yeah. I really liked that sequence. I need to watch it again. (laughs) Another theater story. Uh Uh, So I'm seeing this in 2009, and it's a dream sequence. And so he's doing all the killing. It's the best part of the whole thing. It's one of the most brutal killings I've ever seen. And it ends, and Lori wakes up, and a woman in the back of the theater goes, Oh, f*** this! She walked out. She walked out? She walked out. Oh, my God. And I don't know if it was like too much for her. Huh. Or uh, she just didn't like that it was a dream. I I don't know which. But that's awesome. She walked out. Man, walking out of a movie like today, mm-hmm. that's it's ten dollars, eleven dollars. Oh, yeah. Go see a movie now. Yeah, it you is. know, it's, crazy. And it's funny because I have I have stories about that. Um, one is I I I walked out of Return of the King just because at like twenty minutes into the movie, I was like, it was a cramp theater. There was like, uh, like I didn't have like space, personal space. Like there, like people were next to me. I didn't know, and I just felt weird because I'm really, I'm, I'm, You're Matt. I, yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I'm a crazy person. <laughs> so I walked out of that, but I, I'm sure to get my money back and or get an emergency pass, like all the time. I don't waste money in movies, mm-hmm. and uh, and then like when I saw Warm Bodies, I know I mentioned this probably on the, um, one of the theater experiences movies or episodes, but I, I wanted to walk out of warm bodies because I was having intense, uh, abdomen pain that ended up being gallstones. Um, so I I thought it was like a nice way of saying you had to take a big poop. No, no, no. It was just agony. Just, Mm -hmm. and I remember like checking my phone throughout the movie thinking like, and I was there with friends and, and we had just eaten, we just eaten dinner and all that. And we had, it was like kind of a, kind of, kind of a, just a night out. And I was like, I don't want to just leave. And cause I don't, cause I don't talk during movies. So I can't just say like, Oh, Hey guys, I'm not feeling well. I'm going to leave. So I kept checking my phone, knowing the runtime of the movie. I'm like, all right, I have until this point to go and get an emergency pass. I was like, I could probably tough it out. And I kept checking and all that, but I ended up staying for the whole movie. And then, and then again, back in January, it happened again when we saw, when me and Tiny and, and our friends saw her. Uh, the only downside of that is that I didn't drive that yeah. night, so I had to stay. Um, but I still loved the movie. So, uh, and Warm Bodies was okay. But anyway, um, yeah, so in talking about Halloween 2, that just makes me so excited for the for the box set. Mm. Um, oh, yeah. Do uh, you have yours pre-ordered? Oh, yeah. Yeah, so oh, yeah. I. I just need to make sure I have money in my account 
in a couple weeks. Yeah. Um, I've been I've been going through. I, we're kind of dipping into October a little bit, but I don't care. We're close, right? Yeah. Uh, I've been going through the internet and trying to collect as many copies of Halloween as possible. It's it's kind of a joke, you know, because huh. I bought this the fifteen disc. And some friends at work were like, okay, so how many copies of Halloween does that make? <laughs> and I was like, uh, I had never really thought about it. And I was like, uh, that's actually six copies. So Jeez. I've been, yeah, and I've been going and buying like, uh, the VHS is, I really want to get the wow. laser disc of it. That is awesome. Yeah. I just, yeah. I just want to, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, it's collectible. Yeah. Um, the one thing that kills me is I had it on UMD. Oh wow! A couple years mm. ago, and I sold it. Oh, uh huh. Or I traded it in to get wow. like Arkham Asylum on PS3 or something Jeez. like that. UMD. To clarify, UMD is the PSP thing, right? Universal yes. Disc. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Wow. That's almost. I'd say that's almost as obsolete as like Laserdisc. Maybe. Oh, even oh more. absolutely. Probably. It's more, more so. absolute. Yeah. yeah. Uh, more obsolete um, than beta, probably. Yeah, that said, um, it's like twenty bucks on eBay now. Really? Oh, you know, as a collectible, <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm yeah. with money. But yeah, that sounds. Most reasonable. people don't have a way to play it. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Yeah. But yeah, um, I just hate myself that I had it and now I don't. Yeah, yeah that's that's a pain. Right. Um, Tiny, what do you got next? Anything? Uh, yeah. Up next, um, I this is. Almost a rant, but I know that both of you have strong opinions on it as well. Okay. Um, it's this whole phenomenon. It's not even actually it's not a phenomenon. It's just a, a thing that happens. Uh, there there's this thing that happens now where these huge movies are coming out and they're hugely hyped before they ever come out. Um, and of course the the internet has a lot to do with it. Um, but basically we, we get like leaks about these movies, mm-hmm. and right now it's Episode Seven, Star Wars. And uh, Batman versus Superman. Oh, yeah. It's it's like almost every other day we get some kind of quote leak. It's like oh, this is a picture of the Batmobile. That was yeah. that was a big one this week. The Batmobile. Um, and I guess like today maybe. Um, or no, it was Tuesday. It was, yeah, it was yesterday. Tuesday because the day before yesterday. Yeah, it was Tuesday because J.J. Abrams was tweeting about the iWatch, which, mm-hmm. or I can't remember what it's called, the Apple um, Watch, that, uh, cause Apple, Apple had their big, um, their big thing they do every year, their press, mm-hmm. press thing, um, to talk about the iPhone 6 and the iWatch. And so he tweeted about it, and I, I didn't, I didn't read this, didn't but read apparently that. he revealed some kind of leak, some kind of, some kind of secret detail about episode 7, and it's like, it's like a headline article. Yeah. Like, it just, it annoys me because I just feel like you know, twenty years ago we didn't have that. Like I didn't, I didn't want to see the Batmobile. Yeah, I didn't want to see what it looks like. I don't, I don't want to know. I, I didn't want to hear about the Millennium. Apparently, some like a helicopter flew over something, the, the set yeah. of Star Wars Seven, and they snapped a bunch of pictures of the X-wing and the Millennium Falcon. I'm like I don't want to see those pictures. Mm-hmm. And I, I understand why they get leaked and why a lot of people want to see it. But I don't know. It just it, it just irks me as a huge movie fan that they're basically spoilers. It, it's like a it's like a spoiler before the movie even comes out, and I I I just wish it would stop, <laughs> kind of, because um, I really want to stay in the dark for episode seven. Batman vs Superman. I don't give a because it's Batman vs Superman. Right. Um, the DC universe is kind of a they're making horrible decisions. <laughs> um, so yeah, I just. I, 
I'm pretty sure you guys kind of agree with me. It's I kind of go both ways. I, I see your point completely, and I try very hard to avoid spoilers with movies that are important to me. Um, you know, I've told you guys that I'm going in completely blind to Interstellar. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you know, I plug my ears, close my eyes whenever the trailer comes on. But I, I think to their credit, the idea is to they know some things are going to leak. And I think that their thinking is if they do enough to whet your appetite, they won't people won't try to leak other things. I, I think it's all very calculated. Here's this yeah. little bit of this. So you don't try to find it. So the script doesn't leak online. Yeah. So, so you think most of it is strategic on the part of the studios or the filmmakers? With Star Wars, it is it's 100% strategic. Okay. And, I, and I'll even say with Zack Snyder mm-hmm. and, the, and the Batman versus Superman, it's 100%. I'll say this about the Star Wars stuff. J.J. Abrams is handling it really well. Mm-hmm. Um, he had that note. Uh, I think it was after the Millennium Falcon, Falcon stuff. Uh uh, was released. I I need to find it. Uh, I'll just find it really quickly. I'll edit this out. I'm sorry, guys. I think it was a note on the the hollow chest. Yeah, yeah, and it was something like uh, inside the Millennium Falcon. Yeah, and it was it was really clever the way that he worded he worded it because he was like, I don't know anything about that or any. Or he was kind of it was very tongue in cheek. Hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I guess I don't need to find it, but it was very clever the way that he did it, and it seemed like tailored to his kind of personality he's 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 an icon and and like and and you know he he knows his audience and he he knows he's very humorous about it i guess i I don't know but i agree with you tiny the question is how much is too much right and and i and i wonder what uh, like like you mentioned that you're you're staying blind with interstellar um Which which is the bigger dedication as a fan? Is it seeking out every single detail you can find, or is it waiting to? Sorry, I lost you guys. Uh, um, uh, what what what? I was saying, what is the greater dedication as a fan? What what is the the greater demonstration of your uh, fandom for this thing? Is it waiting? knowing everything first? Yeah. Is is it is it waiting and and trying to make that first experience the best it can possibly be, or is it searching out every single possible detail you can find before? You know, I'm sure it depends on who you ask. It's, it, yeah. it's totally just a subjective thing. It, I mean, it's there's, it comes, there's no right answer. Yeah, it comes down to what you feel about spoilers in general. Like I, there are people that I will never understand who seek out spoilers for things like like heavy mm-hmm. spoilers before they see it because maybe it's I think it's because they don't. They, Didn't you do that with Scream Two? No, 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 no. And that, that I was going to make this point. Um, with with in terms of spoilers, the spoilers I'm talking about is people that are like, okay, what happens in this episode, or what's what's going to happen in this movie before they see the movie, like purposely spoiling it themselves. And it's something I can never understand. But with with like like when you mentioned Scream Two, like I've sought out all kinds of information about it because I wanted to know. I want. I want. I was very eager for uh, the movie, but. That was also when I was like a kid, and that seems like such a. I don't want to like marginalize people or whatever, but I mean, just have patience, man. Yeah. I like it's it's something that to this point, if it's something that's dear to me, I'm not going to purposely find out information about it because I want to have a, a you, my own personal experience about something. It just seems really. I hesitate to say this because I don't want to ruffle feathers, but it sounds just incredibly juvenile to get so excited about 
a picture of the Batmobile shrouded in darkness. Yeah. yeah. I'll and, say uh, what they're thinking, actually, in their defense, Tiny, the mm-hmm. joke's on you because you're going to see all that stuff in the trailer mm-hmm. soon anyway. You know what I mean? The, the joke is that they think they're giving us a little bit so we don't look too deep when really it's all stuff we're going to see later. Very true, right. but but it's it's about the timing for me, you know. Yeah, it, it's it's the trailer experience and then seeing the movie experience, as opposed to drawing all those emotions out over like a year and a half, like we're getting with this stuff. And on a related but different note, I could not be less excited for Batman versus Superman. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. It's and I, and I'll just say again, the excite the backlash over the Batfleck. Ben Affleck will be the best part about that movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I am worried about what Zack Snyder will do to Ben Affleck's career. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm pretty curious to see Wonder Woman finally as well. Yeah. Um, not that I'm a fan. I don't, For I know nothing different reasons. About <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually, you know what? I, I wasn't crazy about the casting of Gal Gadot. Right. Or however you say her last name. No. Um, the, I don't think it's all, again, I have no stake in it because I just, I'm not a fan. Right. I, I would have chosen some other people. Olivia Munn. Um, right. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know if she has the talent, the acting talent to pull that off. How dare you? It's yeah. a Zack Snyder movie. Well, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome! <laughs> but yeah, and 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 we. Only, By the way, I hate Zack Snyder so much. Yeah, I don't right. know. That I made that clear. <laughs> I'm an apologist. Winter of Snyder. Yeah. Um. um Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> um. We only. Let's do Kubrick. <laughs> <laughs> I watched 2001 like six times. Right. Yeah. Um. I was gonna say we only see it with this kind of stuff. This kind of this level of fandom, and what I mean by that is, we're talking about Star Wars and Superman and Batman. Mm-hmm. So we're talking about like people will dedicate their lives to these things. They will have whole rooms in their houses dedicated to collecting things to this. They will take up real estate on their bodies by getting mm-hmm. tattoos of these things. It is stuff that people are insanely passionate about. It's, right. You don't see it for the latest Woody Allen movie. Yeah, they're established properties. And that's one exactly, of the yeah. that's one of the things you guys uh were talking about when we talked about the Interstellar teaser last year. Um because who cares about Interstellar as a teaser? Why are you teasing it? Because it's an it's an it's an original property. Right. I still stand by that teaser. I love just the way it's put together. Yeah. But I do understand what you guys are saying that it's it's not like it's not an established property. Why are you, right. are you drumming up interest? I mean, it's it's Nolan. It's gonna sell. But yeah. and let me say again, that, like I, there's no right or wrong answer. Like if right. if you want to seek that stuff out, by all means, of course, go for it, man. It's just yeah. it's just it is that's such the exact opposite of my feelings. That it's just yeah, it's interesting. Just the the polar the polarity of it is yeah. in, is interesting to me. Yeah. But I, I just don't. I just hate that it's in our face so much. Right. You, it, that's and that's my point. I, like I said, I didn't want to see the Batmobile, but I had to. Yeah. Because <laughs> you know, right. I can't, I can't just scroll pre- like, I can't scroll it's past that all picture over the fast internet. enough on yeah. Facebook. You know. And it's, I mean, it's it's and again, it's just just superfluous stuff. 
Yeah. I mean, it's like the, st- the look of it. And people get, and this comes into just, just fanboyism and stuff. Like they get into spats about like, oh, this suit is going to be just horrible because it's, because yeah. of the way the shot is, is this photo is taken. It's, oh, this looks horrible. This is going to be, oh, this is not the, this isn't the bat suit. This isn't Spider-Man's suit. Mm-hmm. I don't, and I, I don't understand. think anybody's really worried about the bat suit. I, I'm using that as an example. Like, oh, okay. I can't think of anything off the top I, of my head. I think head, that's but. one, I think people are actually excited about the bat suit. Yeah. That's just a symptom of the internet. Yeah. That's yeah. with literally anything on the internet. That's, there's just the the highest peaks and the lowest valleys. That's, that's true. Just, someone, uh, someone, uh, on, on Reddit posted the, um, a YouTube, uh, a YouTube link to, uh, John Stewart, uh, the first daily show back after 9-11. We're recording this on the 13th anniversary of 9-11. Um, and they posted a link to the YouTube clip of, Stewart's like first first day back after nine eleven on the Daily Show and his big monologue and uh, about about it and everything and it's very heartfelt and everything because he is a New Yorker and and obviously at that time everything was very raw um, and then one of the like the top comment on YouTube was like oh another phony thing from this phony mm. this fake guy and it's like it's just it people I don't know people no, nothing is sacred exactly nothing on the internet. Yeah. And that is one of my favorite moments in television history. Right. Oh, it's yeah. amazing. Yeah. Um, so, anyways, yeah. I just wanted to kind of air that out. Okay. Because I, I knew all three of us had opinions on it. And right. Yeah. I'm just, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Good talk, Russ. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And one final thing about that is it's similar to, like, what I hate more than that is clips. People posting clips of of movies. We've talked about it yeah. on the podcast before. I'll link it in the show notes when we talked about Godzilla's leaked footage. Um, but it's just like, who wants to see part of a movie? Yeah. I, it's it's. I don't understand it. But mm-hmm. anyway, um, how about TV? Can we talk about some TV, guys? Sure. What do you got, buddy? Yeah. How? What time are we at? We're <clears> like an hour and a half already, aren't we? No, we're at one oh about an hour oh five. Okay. Um, so we've got a little bit of time. But fall TV, I'm psyched. Yeah. Oh yeah. First, I want to bring up every Simpsons ever. Can we talk about that for a second? <laughs> I have not sure. watched a second of it. Uh, <laughs> well, it's done now. It was like a week and a half long marathon on FXX. Hmm. Um, and it's it's just amazing to me that because it pulled like really really incredible numbers. It was just twenty four seven or twenty four like. 12 whatever <laughs> how many days it was um 24 hour simpsons episodes non-stop on mm. fxx just the largest marathon on television in television history did they air it all in chronological order yeah and they incorporated so the awesome. movie into it too oh that's great yeah and chronologically uh, yep and it and it's i'm just so it it reignited my love for the simpsons like i like during it i put in the pot chat, i was like do you guys want to do like a comprehensive simpsons episode and <laughs> tiny was like i'll have to back out of that one because he's not that uh i it's just it's such a daunting thing yeah yeah it's the longest running television show ever right right like, and i'm not, know, I'm not saying that we have to watch every episode even i would need to happen. though yeah 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 but that's fine. Um, maybe we'll do it eventually. Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll get Craig from Intermission to come on if he wants to. Mm-hmm. I don't know. But hint, anyway, hint, hint, hint. <laughs> Craig, if you're listening, email me. But anyway, um, anyway, so it's it's really impressive, and it, and it just reignites my love of of the the Simpsons. I know Mike. I know you're more partial to the Simpsons. I have nostalgia for it because I grew up watching it in syndication. But I know you're more um, into it than I am. But yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah. How did totally. you feel? About Definitely didn't miss the boat on that one. Yeah. 
I'm glad that people flocked to it. Like it was because it's a good show. Like it's a good thing, and I'm glad that you know someone was. The people at FX were just like, yeah, let's do this. And mm-hmm. like, they didn't really think about the consequences or anything. And yeah, they it actually, totally, it totally worked. Yeah. They actually spent like, how much did they, how much did they buy the rights for? Cause they bought, it was like, it was like a, a huge, huge, um, price. Like they paid like maybe, I almost want to say like a billion dollars to, for the syndication rights of every episode of Whoa. Simpsons. Right. Yeah. Is that um, possible? I, well, 552 episodes of TV. Well, no, I mean, oh. for FX. Oh, for FX. Wasn't it on FXX, too? Yeah. yeah. For yeah. them to have $900 million? Yeah, I, I don't remember the exact number, but it was it was a substantial fee for them to get the rights wow. to... to I, I $750 million. $750 million. <laughs> That is nuts. Yeah. And... Uh, but it's about time. Simpsons oh, yeah. hasn't been syndicated in a while. Yeah. That yeah. I know of. At least not on a on a major network. Yeah. I mean, I, I think there are local channels that play it, but Yeah, Fox affiliates play it or played yeah. it when I was a kid. Um but yeah, and it's just it's so it's cool the care that they do it. And and to to bring it back around to uh, a million ways to die in the West, it's funny because while I was watching that and seeing Seth MacFarlane do his Seth MacFarlane thing, um like I think he's he's a very intelligent guy. Like Seth MacFarlane is is really intelligent. Oh, clearly, yes. But man, he's just his his the way that he his creative endeavors mm-hmm. are just aren't up to par. And you contrast that with Matt Groening, um, it kind of seems like Seth MacFarlane is with the amount of stuff that fox is giving him they're trying to mold another matt graining out of out of him yeah but if you look i don't think i, I haven't looked up his his uh filmography or anything but matt graining stayed with the simpsons for a long time instead of going into like other going into going into movies and and stuff like that i mean i may be wrong on that but i mean he he stuck to building the simpsons instead of i don't know what i'm getting at but i know that they had futurama after a while, but I think that's is that pretty much the only offshoot of that thing of uh, the Simpsons of, yeah, I of think so, really. Matt Groening's like yeah his career whatever yeah I think so he uh, yeah I feel like he had a few things I can't think of what they are but he, they there was Futurama which was quite successful mm-hmm. uh, and I think you can attribute the kind of the brilliance of it to not just like I can't name the people that Seth MacFarlane works with and maybe that's just me because I'm not a fan of Family Guy but like right. I know the names James L. Brooks and Sam Simon who who were on The Simpsons for a long time right. and I think it was that team working together that made it what yeah. it was yeah I can name some not to defend people. not to defend uh, Seth MacFarlane but right and I, I just, just, yeah, I just, I just looked up, um, uh, Matt Groening's writing credits and it's all Simpsons and Futurama. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's, and it's funny just as, as an aside, um, it's also, it, it's interesting to, to, to talk about it in, in our culture now, uh, the, the marathon, cause I didn't actually watch any of the marathon. I watched, Oh, really? Yeah. I've, I've been watching. So who it. are you to say? <laughs> No, I've been watching, I, and it's because I've been watching it at my own pace and like my DVDs and stuff like that. Um, so, uh, well, we watched a lot of it, by the way. Oh yeah, 
Well, yeah. we st- when it hit season 10, we stopped. Yeah. And I, I kind of planned that going in. But And that's one of the things about, about me is that I, I, my brain is so like, I need to see things chronologically. Like if I miss something, even though it's an episodic thing that I've seen millions of times, I want to watch from the beginning to however long I, I keep my attention on it. So that's why I stuck to DVDs and the like. Um, I think for me, because I watched Simpsons so much when I was younger and it was always in syndication. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think like the appeal f- of the Simpsons for me is not just that it's funny, but it's also the nostalgia. So I kind of want to watch it the way I used to watch it, oh, which yeah. was not chronologically by any means. Oh yeah. I watched, uh, <laughs> throughout the entire marathon though, I, I put it on TV, um, whenever, um, whenever like my nephews were in the room, cause I want to like, like force it on them subliminal messaging oh yeah <laughs> oh there's such a great oh my god when i was watching i think it was like season four there's such a great great line um and i wanted to find it on youtube to post it on facebook but i couldn't find it but um lisa's worried about homer's weight and he's watching a uh he's watching a commercial for some obscene food thing um that simpsons are so famous for doing like just decadent just over the top yeah. thing and in in the commercial they're like rich creamy butter and then uh and then lisa's like hey hey dad have you ever ch- thought about getting subliminal tapes uh to try to curb your appetite so that it's and he's like what do they do or whatever and he's and she's like well it's subliminal messaging so that you you hear it but you don't you comprehend it in your subconscious and then and you don't realize that you know it or whatever and then he's like oh lisa that's such a load of rich creamy butter I was like, that is so perfect. That's that line. That soul line is like, that's why I love The Simpsons so much. Very clever. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So so the family guy is never that clever. No. Never. Um, it's as useless as that. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. A completely unrelated non sequitur thing that they have probably a backlog of. Um, that they just plug into. And that's another thing about Million Ways to Die in the West. A lot of it seemed, seemed like unconnected jokes that they had like in their writer's room from Family Guy that they wanted to throw in. Like I can't remember any specific... Um, nice. Um, any, specific, any specific um, um, jokes or one-liners or anything because they're not memorable, but it's also it felt like just disconnected things from... Other things, but enough about Million Ways to Die in the West. Um, Simpsons are good. I'm glad that it was a success. Hope they do more things like that. I, it would be awesome if if that became kind of a trend, um, having like big long running marathons. Like considering they paid seven hundred fifty million dollars for it, they should do it annually. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. That'd be uh, so amazing. I, yeah. Um, <laughs> cool. But yeah, um, I wanted to bring up Archer. Have you guys watched Archer at all? I've nope. watched some of it. Okay. Uh, I started it recently, and it's it's really funny. Uh, it that's is. That's about it. Um, I don't really have much else to say about it. It's just, it's a really funny spy comedy, spy workplace comedy. It's hard to explain. And H. John Benjamin has such an iconic voice. It's yeah. so, and it's so funny. Just, I can't really characterize Archer uh, as his style, because there's like a scene where, um, there's a bomb defusal scene where the tech guy is talking him through it via a, a video chat and he's talking him through it and there's, and there's, a, 
There's like he's like cut the blue and white wire. So funny. It's so funny. I'm not going to recount the entire thing, but there's one thing where he's like, "Oh yeah, you did this." They're they're confusing it. They're mixing things up throughout back and forth. And then he's like, "Okay, cut this wire." And then and then Archer sits there for like 5 seconds and he's like, "Are you ready?" <laughs> <laughs> it's so it's so dry, but it's so funny. <laughs> It's really brilliantly written. Yeah, and it's so so great. I'm gonna actually, I'll probably throw that in the show notes and Facebook page. Archer is the anti James Bond. Yeah. Oh yeah. That's what he is. Like every characteristic of James Bond, he's the polar opposite. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's funny. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, some TV that I had. Yes. Uh, really quick. I don't mm-hmm. want to get into a discussion because Matt will go on a tangent. Uh, <sighs> Um, <laughs> Sons of Anarchy. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> that goddamn show. <laughs> wow. <laughs> they had their premiere this week of their final season. It was a pretty solid premiere. Really? Um, yeah. Did they have, the, was, uh, I'm, uh, go ahead. Uh, they had their premiere. It was pretty, it was, it was kind of a good premiere. I, I, I appreciated it. There was a really good montage at the end with a, a cool cover of a popular song. Um, yeah, it was <laughs> like every episode ever. <laughs> No, they're not all covered. They have well, they have a lot of episodes like that. But any that's that's they, not do, they have montages at most of the end of their and most of their episodes. Yeah, yeah. which I like that's lot, not a problem. Like a lot of shows do. Yeah. Uh, uh, that's not the problem I have with it. Yeah. No. But anyways, so I'm I'm glad this season I'm glad that the show is ending. Um mm-hmm. and I hope they, they hit some high marks for the last season, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh and then on to one of my favorite shows, I think I'll kinda of be alone here, um, is Doctor Who. Recently started. Doctor Hugh. Yes. That's how my nephew pronounces it. Doctor Hugh. I forced my nephew to say it, and he'll he'll say it at random. He says Doctor Who. Such a good uncle. I know. Um, uh, and it, it is also the premiere of Peter Capaldi as the twelfth Doctor. Peter um, Capaldi, actually, as the twelfth Doctor. Okay. And I shouldn't say anything. Yeah, I don't watch because you never mispronounce names, right? No, no, <laughs> never. <laughs> um, so Peter Capaldi as the twelfth Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um. I'm a huge fan of the show. I'm really dedicated to it. I gosh, I just love whenever they they transition to a new doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I've been I've been relatively let down by the the beginning of this season. Really? Um, but it's not Peter Capaldi's fault. I I I, I appreciate his performance quite a bit. I think he's hitting hitting his marks. I just I think it's the writing, which is this may be the first time I've ever had an issue with the writing in more than like one episode of Doctor Who. Uh, cause Stephen Moffat is like the British Aaron Sorkin. He's like untouchably brilliant. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Uh, but I don't know. It's for some reason, especially the premiere, uh, just did not take me at all. It was, I don't know. Um, I, I've come to, I've watched the first two episodes. They've premiered, they've had three so far. I haven't gotten to the third one yet. But, uh, the first two, uh, I, I'm kind of liking what they've, how they're evolving the relationship between, um, Jenna Louise Coleman's character. Um, uh, gosh, I'm trying to think of a character's name. Uh, Clara. Clara. Clara Oswin. Oswald. Oswald. Oswin Oswin. Oswald. 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 Clara. Clara. <laughs> the, uh, the relationship between Clara and her <clears throat> coming to terms with the new doctor, mm. um, it's and his. I appreciate their back and forth, especially in the okay. second episode. They they've developed it well. Um, and so far, the Doctor has been very vulnerable, which is an interesting side of him because he's always such. I mean, they they've shown his vulnerability in the past, but he's always just such a rock. Mm-hmm. It's only like 
over the span of like maybe part of an episode, he'll be a little kind of kind of shaky. But he always comes back, and he's the you know the freaking doctor, right? Yeah. Um. And but he's been kind of vulnerable. It's 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 an interesting turn. Um. I I'm liking it so far, but I'm I'm curious what they're gonna do with it. Um. I just really I really hope they beef up the writing. I just yeah. I'm just not crazy about the directions they're taking with the plot and all that stuff so far. But you know I I've been so busy with. Sandler movies. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to watch any you of f- Sandler six. movies. <laughs> what the hell? Sorry, I haven't said anything in a while. I know. Yeah. yeah. Um. No, I've been so busy with the Sandler movies that I haven't had a chance to watch any of the new Doctor Who stuff. You get busy with the Sandler movies? That wasn't God even that funny. I don't know it. what I'm doing. It's getting late. <laughs> I'm pulling a mat here. Yeah. Um. But no, I've I've I haven't had a chance to watch the new uh, episodes of Doctor Who, and I I. I really want to, but I just haven't gotten around to it, so I have nothing to contribute to that. Um, yeah. I did want to say really quickly, going back to Sons of Anarchy, I said this to you in a private chat before, but um, was the premiere uh, was the premiere anything like... Um, I'm, this is so self-indulgent of me, but anyway. Um, was, the pre- was the premiere of Sons of Anarchy uh, anything like that one episode of the show where the club makes a deal with a nefarious group that will finally end all their problems, but then the deal goes south and then Jax finds out that, I guess that doesn't really count here, um, <laughs> finds out that someone in the club is behind it. I think that, epi- I, I think that episode's title is called Every Sons of Anarchy Episode Ever. <laughs> did you write um, that down? I did, I did. It was in a private yeah. chat with me, Tiny. But anyway. Actually, it wasn't that, so f*** you. It wasn't? No. Ah, uh, well. Well, a little. If <laughs> Really? <laughs> uh, just... God so damn it. Good. I knew it. Anyway, so so um if you like Sons of Anarchy, check out The Shield. It's a far superior show. But <laughs> anyway, um so yeah, Doctor Who, I'll check it out eventually and I'll get back to you on that. Yeah. Um Mike, what other have you been watching any other TV shows lately? Nope. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> no, we ha- we take the summer off. I we get kind of right. busy and I've been kind of busy with school starting up. Um, but I just, I, our list is longer this year of shows that we're going to watch. Nice. You know, we lost How I Met Your Mother and thankfully we lost Dexter last year. Um, <laughs> Breaking Bad. So here, I'll just go through our list of shows. Basically, tu- Tuesday night is uh, Mike and Amanda night at the house for TV. So, and this is what we're going to try to watch on Tuesday nights. Uh, New Girl, we still watch that. Mm-hmm. Uh, returning favorite, Modern Family. Mm-hmm. Uh, Parenthood, we love, and it's going into its final season. I can't wait to see that. Oh, they're ending it. Okay, they are ending it, and they know they're ending it, which is fantastic. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, yeah. How I Met Your Uh, Mother knew they were ending it too. Yeah, do what? (laughs) I just said How I Met Your Mother knew they were ending it too. So, (laughs) yeah, that's true. (laughs) But yeah, go ahead. Uh, And and they're teas as far as Parenthood, they're teasing uh, that this this season will have kind of one story arc that will involve the entire family, which is oh, kind of different. Cool. I imagine that Zeke is dying. Uh-huh. That's my guess. Uh, we watched the last four episodes of Brooklyn Nine-Nine last season, and so we're going to uh-huh. add that to our queue. I love that show. And then actually really excited about Gotham, and I'm not usually excited about these DC shows. I, I don't care about any of them. I don't watch any of them. Uh, I don't even watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., so I'm not excited about Marvel shows. Mm-hmm. But uh, Gotham looks good. Uh, mm-hmm. And then the last one is I'm really, really, really psyched on Mulaney's show. Mulaney. Oh, cool. oh nice. Yeah. It's funny you mentioned Gotham, and, and we've talked about leaks and stuff like that and keep being in the dark and everything. I've watched nothing regarding Gotham, <laughs> so I'm going to go in completely blind, and I'm really excited about that. I like the actors involved. Hmm. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'll go in blind too. Nice. Um, 
I don't know. Should be good. Cool. Cool. Nice. Um, there was something else I was going to bring up. Oh yeah, just um, we're... Oh, sorry. Weird. Oh, that's okay. I I really hope it's my microphone cable oh, and not yeah. my very expensive microphone. Mm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, Boardwalk Empire just premiered their final season. And if you want, we just lost Mike. He doesn't watch Boardwalk Empire, so it's okay. <laughs> um, you back? Yeah. Okay. So Boardwalk Empire premiered its final season. And it's, I mean, I'll talk briefly about it. Because if you want a more in-depth discussion about it, check out the website. Because I'm reviewing every episode this season. And I reviewed every season previous to it. Because I had a month, about a month time span where I just rewatched every episode. And I was, I'm actually kind of proud of myself for actually finishing it on time um it's such a densely it's such a show so wow the show is so dense with characters and story that it's it's so like i needed i really wanted to and needed to rewatch the entire series before they started the final season just so i can get everything together because it was the first time i'd rewatched it and also this this goes into back to our discussion about horror hound because i completely forgot about this i also got william forsyth's autograph who he played Manny Horvitz in season two of Boardwalk Empire, um, and was in Halloween, and it was in Halloween and uh, Devil's Rejects and stuff. But um, he, was, he was amazing on Boardwalk. He was so so great, and he was so menacing and so cold and 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 just, just so terrifying in it. Uh, it was just such a cool role. Mm-hmm. Um, and I and I got to talk to him about it because he was he was like a late addition to the to the convention, so. Like he didn't even have like a big banner or anything. He just had a sheet of paper with William Forsyth written <laughs> on it, behind, hanging up behind him. Wow. So like there was like no one at the table. So I went up to him and I was like, "Hey, uh, big fan from from of your of your performance in Boardwalk Empire. Uh, would you mind signing signing my Blu-ray?" Uh, so I had him sign my season two Blu-ray and got to talk to him about. It. I was like, "Yeah, just that scene. Uh, I won't spoil it or anything, but there, there's a scene uh, at the toward the end of season two at the end of an episode where he he I'll say this he is the f- he's the first actor in the series credited with killing off a, a main cast member of the show <laughs> um and the scene is so brutal and so cold and I was like just like that's I told him I told him just point blank point blank and I was so pr- I was proud of myself because I didn't like get all weird and stuff like I am now <laughs> but I was like, that's that's one of my favorite moments in the series, and most of it's due to the way that you delivered that line, the, your your final line to 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 her, um, and it's it's because it was so cold and so brutal. And he was like, oh yeah, thank you. He was very he was very uh, very pleased to talk to me and very uh, very cool. And he was he was like, yeah, it's it was kind of a dark <laughs> kind of a dark show, but. Uh, he, it seemed like he had a good time talking about it and he seems to be a fan of the show cause we got to talking about the final season and he was like, yeah, they've been killing off a lot of characters. Yeah. So there's really no one left to kill off and everything. I was like, yeah, that's true. And then I said that I was a little hesitant about, uh, I was a little nervous about them jumping ahead cause the final season takes place seven years after the previous season, which the show is very much steeped in 1920s lore and, and prohibition era history so and it's all about gangsters so there's historic events uh that that tie into the series and they do it in such a beautiful way that it's just it's so great and it's such a shame that they had to skip ahead because they're they have a final season um like for instance there's the whole uh conflict between al capone and dino banyan in in season three and four that kind of just played out over two seasons and it was just it was executed per- <laughs> uh executed perfectly um <laughs> 
so anyway, so so the final season premiered. I got to meet William Forsyth. It was cool. The premiere was really good. You can read my review of it. I actually and I've done season episode by episode reviews of TV shows, and I'm probably most excited about doing this one because, as I said, it's such a densely populated show with with uh, densely populated <laughs> with character and story um, that there's so much to write about. Like I I spent the last two hours of my shift at work writing the review of the premiere. And by the time I got home, I had like three other points to make and I had 900 words written about it. I'm like, it's going to be a fun season. So check that out at obsessiveviewer.com. Yes. The, huh. I, I hope Boardwalk Empire has an extensive legacy. No, me too. I kind of hope it pulls kind of like the wire where people start discovering it in a couple of years and it's just this massive cult hit on oh, DVD yeah. and Blu-ray. Uh, cause it, like, Matt, would you compare it to the wire? Um, not in the slightest. Not in the slightest. The Wire is in a class by itself. In in terms of viewership, I will because because Boardwalk Empire is very unappreciate underappreciated. It is. Um, like I started my season reviews on the website with the criminally under underappreciated, <laughs> but um, I wouldn't equate it to the Wire just in fan base alone. It, it it's uh, similar. Um, and and Matt used the word density several yeah. times that is the best adjective it is so remarkably dense oh yeah it's it's an achievement gotcha. it is an achievement of mm-hmm. of a series yeah yeah um what did you gotcha. think of my review tiny oh this is great cool yeah yeah I, like, I liked how you said that thing about that one thing right yeah, yeah. it was really he hasn't read it yet. Haven't read them yet um but anyway uh yeah i, I love the premiere as well i yeah. it was a, it's one of my favorite episodes so far the series yeah and it and it really helped quell my fears about about them jumping ahead because there's mm-hmm. historical events that happen in between season four and season five like most notably one of the main one of the, my favorite characters uh played by michael Stol- stolberg uh the the crime boss guy um arnold rothstein yeah uh he was killed in 1928 mm-hmm. and they completely they had to skip over it because of the time jump and that it's such like uh, it's a bummer because stolberg is such a great actor and he brought such a great performance to that role. And it's just a shame that the, he didn't get like a good send off. Um, mm-hmm. but it seems like his legacy in the show is still going to move on, I guess. Um, in the Valentine's day massacre in the Valentine's day massacre, uh, That's Capone taking out the, the South side gang, something like that, something like that. Yeah. Um, it's famous in Chicago. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's so there's a lot that that was skimmed over, but I'm I'm glad that they've that they've that they they wrote the season, knowing it was the final season. Yeah, um, it's yeah. always a good thing. Yeah, and Terrence Winter, um, he said in interviews that they knew about halfway through season four that they were going to end it, and I I don't see it. That has to be lip service because. Mm. Uh, just having rewatched season four, and we're going on a tangent. I'm sorry, Mike. I know you don't watch Boardwalk Empire, but it's okay. I, the only comment w- I made was you. You said you were going to do shortly. Oh, did you? Did you I? said I'm gonna. Uh, I'm gonna talk about this quickly. Oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. Anyway, okay. last thing. Um, Terrence Winter said that that halfway through season four, they they were going to end it. Um, but wa- rewatching season four, they leave so much stuff open. Mm-hmm. Like they introduce so many new things. Season four was the introduction of J. Edgar Hoover as a character. Yeah, and they leave it off in such a way that they, that there was more story there. Um, that it was just it's there's no way. But 
Um, I'm I'm hopeful that they'll they'll end it well, and I hope that it has a long legacy. And maybe we'll do a series retrospective when it's over with Tiny. I'd love to. Thank you, God. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, um, aside from that, is anything else we want to bring up? We're kind of at ninety minutes. About. I'm set. <sighs> cool. Yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Right. Sons of Anarchy is the greatest show ever. I will. F- <laughs> it is not close. Yeah. Uh, is what? Juice still alive? He is. Oh, cool. Because it's not like four seasons ago they didn't introduce a thing that would eventually lead to his death, but then they keep. Yeah. That show sucks. I hate it so much. <laughs> it's a white trash soap opera. Um, Anyways. <sighs> Far Cry from Hamlet on motorcycles. Anyway. Um, wrap her up. Yeah, should I wrap this up? Put a bow on her. I wrap them up. All right, let me bring out my thing that I still haven't updated. <gasps> God, and I just realized I've been saying that our email addresses are like our names at obsessiveviewer.com. dot mm-hmm. I completely forgot that I made one for the podcast specifically for our podcast email. That's podcast at obsessiveviewer dot com. <laughs> um, oh, Maddie, I know I'm just kind of all over the place. All right. <clears throat> By the way, did you guys listen to Sandler Four yet? No. I listened to a little bit of yeah, it. Yeah, I just I love the ending because I because I say something and it hits right at the moment that the the outro music plays. Anyway, as always, thank you for listening to the Obsessive Viewer podcast. If you are in the Indianapolis area, please please look into coming to Shocktober in Irvington at the Irving Theater on October seventeenth. Uh, it's going to be such a blast, and and we're going to have so much fun. We're going to have a costume contest, raffle, screening short films. We're going to screen Night of the Living Dead the original we're gonna have live podcasting there it's gonna be it's going to be so much fun and please don't miss out we're gonna and tell all your friends about it please um and thank you to loud like for providing our awesome opening theme music uh the first ep is called mistakes we must make and features our theme song and eclipse of events if you want to hear the full song it's it's really good and they're really awesome uh make sure to rate and review us and loud like on itunes it really helps us out a lot and gives us a sense of what what's working and what's not working that well um um, uh, and please like our facebook page at facebook.com slash the obsessive viewer posting a lot of things there that's where you can interact with us the most direct way possible um that and also twitter you can find us uh each at uh i'm at i'm matt at obsessive viewer tiny is at obsessive tiny and mike is at i am mike white uh, you can also check out the blog at obsessiveviewer.com, which I've mentioned for like half an hour in this episode that I'm doing, uh, episode, re- episode reviews of Boardwalk Empire, and I did season reviews before that. Um, I'm also planning, hopefully, maybe doing, uh, a franchise review of an, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, um, for Shocktober. So hopefully that pans out, but I don't know. We've got a lot going on. <laughs> As I mentioned, shocked over in Irvington. Uh, also, check out our sister site at obsessivebooknerd.com, uh, where we have book reviews and commentary on the evolving world of reading. Um, we have a lot of cool stuff there, a lot of really good books that you can check out and everything. Um, also, check out Tiny Side Project, The Secular Perspective. It's a podcast dedicated to the discussion and debate about religion and secularism in the world today. You can find that at thesecularperspective.com or at uh, Secular Perspective on Twitter. That's also available on iTunes and everywhere else. Rate and review it on iTunes also. Um, and finally, if you have any thoughts on the podcast or suggestions for future topics or you want to share your thoughts on th- some things we talked about in the form of an audio file, you can send it send it to us. Individually, you can reach us uh, matt at obsessiveviewer.com, tiny at obsessiveviewer.com, and mike at obsessiveviewer.com. Or if you just want to send a, send a message to the podcast as a whole, podcast at obsessiveviewer.com. Uh, 
that about does it. Any last words? Yeah, if we could just put a little tag on here. Like I said earlier, my brother asked for a kind of a comprehensive list of the essential Shocktober movies he should watch. Uh, just quickly, what would be yours to suggest to him? Give me, give me one each, one or two each. Um, I would say Saw. Okay. And, geez, probably, I hate to say it, but Halloween, because I know it's your favorite movie ever. Okay. The I'd original. go with, in terms of the season, uh, Trick or Treat and okay. Scream. Okay. Nice. How about you, Mike? Uh, Well, my list is like 20 long. What's your top two? <laughs> <laughs> the two essentials would be... Probably, uh, you know, th- this we don't have the time for this. Because <laughs> I actually I have a whole thing to be honest with you guys. Okay. Do we have the time for this? Uh, we no, not really. Throw it into throw it into our first October episode. Yeah. We'll, okay, we'll I'll save, save it. it. Then. Yeah. Okay. Uh, cool. <laughs> yeah. Stay tuned. Next week or three weeks from now, whenever we do our October number one mm-hmm. episode, uh, I'll reveal my top picks for Halloween movies for Kevin. Love it. Sweet. Alright, well, that about does so, it. There, there will be a surprise. You might oh, be surprised. Cool. Cool. Looking forward to it. Awesome. Alright, well, that about does it. Uh, thanks for listening, guys. Love you guys. Thanks. Oh, I like you guys. That's friends. <laughs> Alright. Um, Hold on a second, guys. Okay. Hey, dogs, if you could kindly shut the f*** up. <laughs> Waldo. Waldo. Just imagine him barking and saying what? <laughs> He's actually saying go <laughs> yourself. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. Uh, so anyway. So anyways, yeah.